Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Well, welcome everybody. We are in another edition of Storyteller Studio. I'm Liz Wilder, and today our guest is none other than Tim Larson, who I have a lot of affection for because I do a lot of things with him, including yeah. another podcast, a movie, a book, yeah. a radio show, WLUV. It's the best. Ever. Yeah. So, it hey, really welcome. Is. I think the reason that we do that is because it's easy. I, I agree. You know, we don't have to go climbing a hill in order to get to that little next place. We just, it just sort of happens. happens and we look back and we go, oh crap. Yep. Now, now we're in up to our shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we can't turn back now. And because we are in up to our shoulders, we are now in the Storyteller Studio. Yeah. It feels weird. We're in a different mindset when we do lives three by fives, and we are in a whole different mindset when we just sit around a table and talk. But this, oh, and when we are interviewing other guests, but you get to be the guest this time. I'm not nervous at all when somebody else comes in. But, but you're nervous but now? To, today I had to turn oh the air gosh. down a little bit. I was a little on the steamy side. <laughs> I was. And it's really not hot outside at all. It's kind of chilly, actually. Yeah, chilly and rainy today. Chill, we are yeah. on. We are at the Storyteller Studio the Friday before Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. in 2022. And I love that we have done this. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So let's just get started and dive right in. So you were at WROK when? I was at WROK from 1981 through 1986 with a two-year donut hole from the fall of 82 to the fall of 84 when I went to Charleston, West Virginia. Okay. And then I did a blip, and I do mean a blip on the radar at WZOK when the Stones came to town. Oh, yes. Yes. You're going to tell us that story. So a lot of these stories, because we are connected in so many different ways, You have heard these stories a thousand times. He's talking about me personally, not y- you as our audience. Yes. So I am going to, at the very beginning, if I see you sit back in the chair and fold your arms, it's like, <laughs> oh God, here we go again. Because you've heard it before. Uh-huh. I know. So I'm going to apologize up front. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then three hours later, she goes, start to worry about it. <laughs> I'm ready to go home. <laughs> No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so you were on what shift? Well, first of all, I I started at WROK on the weekends when I was at Northern Illinois University. Oh. If you want that. How did that happen? Yeah, if you want that story, that is directly connected with Johnny Marks. Okay. And Johnny Marks was working at the radio station. He was also going to Northern Illinois University. We did not know each other on the campus. Wait, same same class, same mm-hmm. years? Yes. Oh. But we did not have each other in any communication class or anything oh. like that. 
But we did work a two-hour shift each. We never passed each other at WKDI, which is the album-oriented rock station at NIU. We never saw each other. Wow. But he heard me. And back then, you know, there's no email, there's no text, there's mm-hmm. no cell phones. It's 1981. It's corded 81. phone lines. Yes, yeah. attached to your dorm wall. Yep, yep. And he called at 1 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night and a Saturday morning because oh he knew that there would be a pretty good chance of catching me then because there was no voicemail. You're partying. It's no, a Friday night. I, You're I, partying. I You're know, up. But, yeah. you know, if he called at 1 in the afternoon, You'd it's be gone not, to class. Yeah, it's not like, oh, you'll get the message and call me back. Yeah. No, there's no way to leave a message. Yeah. So he calls, and I pick up the phone. He said, do not hang up. This is not a prank call. This is John Marks. You and I work together at WKDR. Well, I mean, how many people would know right, that? Right, right, So right. he saw me. He goes, okay. I've heard you on the radio station. We have an opening for a part-timer at WROK. I know you're from Rockford. So oh. I don't know how he found out that information. Maybe he asked the guy that ran the radio station. And he said, I really, really, really think that you ought to call Charlie Quinn at 905, because that's when he gets in there. Here is the newsroom number, oh. not the main reception number, because it was a Saturday. Oh, right, right, right. And I really, really want you to call Charlie and see if you guys can get together and see what he thinks. And, of course, I'm floored. You know, I go, uh, my uh, God, uh, yeah, why would somebody do this for me? Yeah. And how old were you? Like 18? Um, 19? No, I was a junior in college, so that would have been, what, 20? 20? Something like that. Okay. Yep. So, sure enough, I called the news line, and Bob Pressman answered the phone. And I says, is Charlie Quinn there? And he goes, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I don't understand the connection here because Charlie doesn't do news. Yeah. So he called me. He goes, can you be in next weekend and bring a tape? Ooh. And he hired me on the spot. And I started the next weekend. And I did um, a shift on Saturday morning. I think it was 9 to noon. And then I did the second part of the Saturday night cruise because Johnny did the first part. And I did the second part, which was from 11 until 5 the next morning on Sunday. So you did the overnights, basically. On okay. Saturday night, Sunday morning. And then I came back and did 6 to midnight on Sunday night and had an 8 o'clock class on Monday morning. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, you got time. You got you got plenty of time to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. Six hours. No big deal. <laughs> Plus drive time. Which Plus, is what? How far away was that? An 40, hour? About 45 minutes. Oh, no big deal. Who walks into your house and automatically goes to bed and goes to sleep? No. Do you? Oh, my God. She. Re- I could. She raised her hand. I, raised, I could. Wow. At that point in time, I could. Really? Yeah. I can't do that now. My brain doesn't shut off. I, I see my yeah. son, and I think he can do that, he too. He too, yeah. yeah. But you know, when you're at that age, you're 20, yeah, you yeah. do. You run until you can't run anymore. And then you do. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly it. ROK, though, even how cool that situation was with Johnny Marks, and by the way, uh, I am still in contact with John Marks. I see him up in Madison. Mm-hmm. I have purchased nine Hondas from him over the years. Whoa, he, really? Yeah, he worked for a Zimbrick Honda in Madison for 30 years. Uh, after he left WROK and WZOK, he went up to Magic 98 in Madison. And that's when I was in Charleston, and we've always been connected uh, to this day. How fun. Yeah, we have the memories, and... You know how you just sort of know how to play with somebody? You know that if you see something, they're going to enjoy it too, whether it be on Facebook or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. 
And sure enough, you hit that target because you're you're made out of the same fruit tree. And he's low-hanging fruit for me. He's, oh, fun. He's the easy one. I know exactly what to give him. The challenge is on. Chessmaster William Martz will play all challengers tomorrow and Sunday at the Cherry Vale Mall. Prizes will be awarded by the Rockford Chess Club. Make your move this weekend to Cherryvale. It's 8 away from 6 o'clock at WROK. Hi, Tim. Hi. I was planning on making my move this weekend anyway. I don't think it has too much to do with chess, though. You're such a card. Yeah. Eight minutes before 6, almost my time, huh? Well, well what's coming up? I bet you'd ask that. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about diets. <laughs> what are you sucking it in over there for, Johnny? <laughs> anyway, continue. Is that one of your Ken DeCaster sweaters? <laughs> yeah. Do you like this, huh? <laughs> Navy blue sweater I wear it for the first day. I kid Ken all week long. Mm -hmm. Got another phobia on the list. This is a weird one. Okay. It's one of those mm -hmm. Well, you're not going to give me a hint? Um, I mean, I'm waiting here with bated breath. Okay, what does the headline say? New high-tech phobia. That's your clue. Okay, and that's it. That that's a... <laughs> What do you want? They say Fridays are real slow around here. Oh, no. Fridays are going to be better than ever tonight. Okay. Yeah. You promise. But I won't talk dirty. Good. No. I've been paid to do that in the past, but not tonight. 554 WROK. McDuff get together for a Friday with Chicago. That's cool. Yeah. But ROK was, was sort of the sandwich for me as far as getting the radio bug or like Chuck Doyle says, getting hit in the neck with the dart. Yeah. <laughs> Which I yep. still love that. Because <laughs> there is no going back. Uh-uh. No. Uh -uh. No, you can't, you can't pull that back out of your You got the itch and yeah. that's it. And you're done. You know, yeah, but you can't even scratch it. I know. It's it's like it's, the pageant bug too. It's, I gotcha. It's, it's, it's a different deal. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, so did you have the chance to see or meet Vern Nolte? He was the owner, right? I, I worked on several projects with Vern Nolte. Mm. Yeah, Vern was one of those people that really tied to the radio industry because of technology, because he invented the cart machine, the trip tone, and all that stuff. But you know what? I didn't know that until I came to Rockford. Really? And I had worked with cart machines prior, and I had no idea. No. No. None. It's not like his name's on the no. front of the cart machines. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. So that was cool. Um, but he was equally invested in the sales department. Okay. He was equally invested in what we were doing in programming. Okay. And so he gave all of those departments a nice leash okay. to go do their things. Nobody was treated like the redheaded stepchild. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, equipment is everything, and then we'll not really care about you know the on-air staff, yeah, the, and we'll yeah. deal with sales. Yeah. Or, no, I don't care about sales, and we'll deal with on-air staff. But or he, whatever. he yeah. was. He played the triangle. Cool. Almost perfectly. And we, you and I have been to enough yeah. radio stations to be able yeah. to compare it. Yeah. But yeah. Vern would also lead by presence. And it's not like we got gifts. Although we did get gifts on <laughs> Friday afternoons with the wine suck. We did get gifts. And he had great Christmas parties. But oh, I mean that by presence because he would walk through the radio station and not necessarily say too much to anybody, okay. but you knew he was around, and you knew he was listening, and you knew he was paying attention to whatever anybody was doing. News, uh, programming, FM, continuity, any of those people. You just knew. And the minute you thought he wasn't listening or he thought he didn't know, he would stop and ask you a question. You go, holy crap, he does listen to my show. So and did he know you? after? Um, so you were there... As a part-timer, overnights, were, did you use the name Tim Larson then? Yeah. Okay. And then when I graduated, okay. I got a 
full-time? Well, I filled in for full-time. Okay. But since there was no full-time, and I mean full, full-time, right. uh, because we had a lineup of Bill Phillips and Kelly Ryan and Ron Jordan oh. and um, Bobby B. Soder. I mean, it was just solid as a rock. Um, I put out tapes, and that's how I ended up in Charleston, West Virginia. Ah, okay. 1440-WROK. Good Monday morning, 10 after 10. This is Tim Larson. Hey, we welcome Kenny Rogers and Lee Greenwood to the Metro Center tomorrow night. And we also congratulate Diane Booker of Rockford. She won Kenny's latest LP, Front Row Tickets and Backstage Passes for tomorrow night from WROK. Fourteen forty WROK. It's ten thirteen. This is Tim Larson. We'll get an update on that WROK weather watch forecast coming up in just a bit. And if you travel by bus, I may have some good news for you coming up after Carly Simon on WROK. Fourteen forty WROK. It's ten twenty three. This is Tim Larson. I certainly hope you had a good time over the weekend. It's WREX TV and WROK co-sponsored the Arts and Crafts Metro Expo at the Metro Center. Here's Earth, Wind, and Fire. But then when Bobby B's overnight position opened up, uh, I believe it was Kipper McGee was a program director at the time. He called me in Charleston and said, we've got a position. Do you want to come back to your hometown? And I could not pack up the U-Haul quick enough. Wow. I love the people in Charleston, but it was not your hometown. It was not ROK. It was not a lot of things. So I came back and did the overnight shift for about five months. Oh, okay. And something happened. I can't remember. I think it was Kelly Ryan went to Light 102 in Minneapolis. I believe that's where the hole happened. And so Kipper McGee put me on middays for a week as an audition. Okay. And the next week put Jim Schaefer, who was running 9 to midnight at the time, put him on middays for an audition and he would pick the one he wanted. And Jim and I were friends. Jim and I did all kinds of stuff together with remotes and things of that sort of production. And it was a little awkward because mm-hmm. <laughs> we all knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so Kipper picked me and it just literally changed my life on a second level because, you know, when you're full time. Right. It's different. It is. Yeah. And your access to all kinds of things are in completely different than any other radio station. Because I had worked at Freeport and, you know, WLUV and Loves Park and right. other places. And it's just, it's apples and oranges. <laughs> at WROK Rockford from our newsroom, Ken DeCoster. Tim, City Administrator John Phillips is leaving Rockford to become city manager in Rock Island, Illinois. Phillips has been Mayor McNamara's right-hand man since 1981 and will be paid $53,000 a year in Rock Island beginning the first of next year. The temperature at the airport is 35 degrees at 1132. I'm Ken DeCoster, and you're up to date on WROK. 1440 WROK. Grab your tickets. Oh, so carefully. Illinois State Lottery numbers coming up after Marvin Gaye. I ain't got- 
4400 Murray Drive, two blocks north of State and Alpine. It's 1152 at WROK. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. The garbage collection will not be affected by it, but the mail service will certainly be. Now, if it absolutely has to get there overnight, the express mail service and special delivery will be offered as normal, but regular mail delivery will resume again on Wednesday. Now, most of the city and county offices will also be closed or at least operating on skeleton crews for tomorrow, and public schools will also be closed tomorrow, so keep that in mind. WROK's Weather Watch forecaster is Tom Piazza. Increasingly cloudy, chance of snow flurries today. High only 38. Mostly sunny and 30 tomorrow. Increasingly cloudy and a chance of snow again on Wednesday. 34 in Rockford at WROK. 1440 WROK. This is Tim Larson, new to the afternoon show with Riley O'Neill. Kim Lee Pack Sports, beginning today after 4 on WROK. It's 1146 at WROK. Beginning tomorrow, we're going to want to know the sweetest thing someone has ever done for you. And if you tell us, you'll be able to treat your someone special to a floral arrangement from Jensen's Florist across from Swedish American and the sweetest day dinner of steak and lobster and more at Figs Cafe in the Clock Tower. Winning begins tomorrow morning with Dan Willis. Wow. Yeah. So... One time with Vern Nolte, i got to tell you this, when I was doing the overnight show, Riley O'Neill was running the board for Bill Phillips and Doug McDuff. Okay, because Riley wasn't full-time then No, at that time. Okay. Well, he was full-time board op. Board op, but not on air. Yeah. Okay. So then Riley went on to do afternoons, and of course he's been doing the morning show on ROK to this day for like 20 years. Okay, so here he is, and we would have like a little 10-minute interchange with, you know, music and stuff like that, and it was my responsibility when he walked in the studio, to have a little kicker story of some sort to talk about. Okay. So this one morning, I said, hey, Riley, did you hear that they're doing a co-ed calendar as a fundraiser at Northern Illinois University? And so they're getting all these really pretty college girls to pose in these cat in these um, calendars. calendars and selling them for a fundraiser. He goes, whoa, that sounds really good. He says, did you get a little sneak peek at this, you know, with this press release? Uh-huh. And I said, no, they're literally just teasing us. And so he went on, he made a couple of other, you know, smart ass remarks. And I said, now this is completely made up. Oh, wow. Not the whole thing, but this part. Okay. I said, do you, did you hear what they're being paid? And he goes, no, I can't imagine. And I got $200 a crack. Oh, Ba-dum-bum. And of course, Riley lost it. He just and, and, and Vern Nolte was listening. Ooh. And he called us both to the carpet because, one, the way I presented it, because, you know, your inflection, if I just said, hey, $200 a crack, and you go on, you know, you don't think anything of it. But I sort of laid it on the table for him. And then, of course, he was talking to Riley about it. And the way you reacted probably wasn't the greatest either because, you know, it's the wholesome News deal, yeah, sort of. But that, so you got reamed by well, Vern Nolte, yeah, but or hand slapped. Yeah, just you know, just don't cross that fence again. Oh, that's if, funny. If, if you can help it, don't cross that fence again. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, I was in uh, Las Vegas one time. This is another Vern Nolte connection, and I talked my way. You and I have never done this before, so this is an isolated incident. <laughs> I talked my way into a Las Vegas conference. Mm. I don't know how the hell I did it. I mean, I had the credentials and the whole nine yards. Mm. Didn't pay a dime to get into this. I don't know if it was an NAB type thing, National Association of Broadcasters yeah. or whatever it was. <clears throat> so I'm going through because I just wanted to snoop. This is way after I was in radio. Mm-hmm. And 
I was going by this particular booth and this guy was, you know, nice enough. And they've got this radio programming software that they were selling. Oh, so cool. I was sort of inquisitive about it because we didn't have software when I was there. Right. You know, we punched up carts and played records. Right. And I had mentioned, you know, where I worked. And he says, did you work for Vern Nolte? Oh. And I looked at him like he had three heads. And I said, yeah, how do you know Vern Nolte? He says, because he's a pioneer in the industry. And I knew what he was talking about, but I wanted to test him. And he was talking about cart machines and trip tones yeah. and stuff like that. And he knew it. And so you did not get in trouble because you knew Vern Nolte. <laughs> yeah. How about that? I had a little bit of a badge of honor that day by association. That's so. cool. Now, you mentioned earlier that you did a blip on the FM side, mm -hmm. ZOK. But we mm -hmm. were trying to figure out when ZOK actually was on the air. It was way after ROK. Right. It's 1949. What was it? What was the format then? ZOK, when I was first introduced to WZOK, was an automation system that was gigantic. If you remember... Well, I mean the, like gigantic reels? The or... gigantic everything. Oh, It was okay. just a big piece of equipment. Okay. And if you remember the hallway that led from the door that went into the newsroom in the AM studio, yep. that hallway that went back to the FM and the continuity, yep. that whole hallway, which really in most of my time was what we called the bullpen because it was desks for jocks yes, to be able yes. to do their show prep That's and stuff. That's what I stuff. remember. Uh -huh. uh, everybody did their show prep, except Doug McDuff, by the way. And then there were two <laughs> two rooms on, to the left that were the production rooms. Yes. Yes, okay. So that whole bullpen hallway mm -hmm. was the automation. Oh, wow. And it so was, there wasn't a whole other FM room? Not at that time. Ah, no, no, okay. that was in addition to the building. And it was 24 hours of sunshine. Sunshine. It oh, was because wow. okay. it was beautiful music. It's what you'd oh, hear in an right. elevator. And I remember Nick Scott showed me that automation for the first time when I was uh, a student at Auburn High School in 1978. And this sort of goes back to ROK too. Mm -hmm. I sold some advertising to Jerry's Restaurant. And if you ask any Rockford native about Jerry's hamburgers. It was the local version of like McDonald's or beef or roux is a oh, good example. Okay, okay. And back then hamburgers sold for fifteen cents. Oh yeah. God. But everybody still talks about <laughs> Jerry's restaurant. So I had sold them some advertising on the high school radio station. Okay. But they gave me a reel. Oh, you didn't know how to play I, it. I had cart machines mm. because of the uh, equipment mm. that was donated from WROK's mm -hmm. production room. Okay. So I had to call up the radio station and Nick Scott says, Yep, come on in, we'll help you out. He handed the reel to Mark Larson, and Mark Larson went in the production room and put it on a cart for me. Oh, okay. And while he was doing that, Nick gave me a tour of the radio station. Of the FM side? Of all of it. Oh, but oh the, so this is before you even started working there? Way before. Oh, gotcha. I was in okay. high school. High school, okay. So one, I almost peed my pants because I met <laughs> Mark Larson. Because when I was in high school, and I would go out and jump in my 1972 Screaming Yellow... Pontiac Firebird. Oh, funny. I would hit the button on the right, and there'd be Mark Larson in the afternoon when I got off of school. And that's how I got the radio bug. 8.30 with the Scott Wallace Show at 399-2237. <laughs> I got an album for you, hon. Hang on, please. I'll take all the information down. This is Brown Eyed Girl. This is Van Morrison. I'm Scott Wallace. All right, let me go to the phones. Good morning. Is this Ann Clark? Good morning. Good morning, yes. Ann Clark. How are you this morning? Just hold on now. Good morning, Scott Wallace. Good morning, Bill. Yes, Scott, say good morning to Ann. Hi, Ann. How are you? Good morning, Bill. Ann, no, that's Scott. You oh, say hi to Scott. <laughs> 
Scott. How are you, Annie? I'm fine, thank you. I'd like you to be the Scott Wallace working gal for the day. Will you do it? Oh, I would love to be. Beautiful. You got a call for me? Yeah, get over here quickly. That's all right. Let me go to my phone lines here. Good morning. This is... This is the Guido, 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 Guido. Sounds like you stayed up too long last night. I told you not to call me while I'm working. Well, I had to call you until you give up your socks over here. Ah, uh, you're not supposed to do that, but not only here, nobody can hear us. What? Let's cover it up. Why don't you ask me a question? Okay. Uh, I want to know what you're going to do for excitement here in Rockford this week. You know what I'm going to do this weekend, don't you? Yeah, but you're not supposed to say that over the year. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, I thought maybe actually what I'm going to do is I'm, of course, going to go to church on Sunday. I'm going to enjoy my Friday night making the rounds, you know, the nightclubs in the area. And then on Saturday, I'm going to go back to my old school for a reunion. I understand that in my honor, the eighth graders are going to mug a sixth grader and present me with his lunch money. Hello, America. Dan Campbell at 10.05. WROK's headlines are open at 399-2237 or 399-2238. Whichever number happens to turn you on. Actually, that set of numbers doesn't really turn me on. 38-24-36 turns me on. I can get into that. WROK Rockford at 3.30, where you win introductory karate lessons all weekend, starting Friday night at 6, 1440. WROK, oh baby, homie, tighter, 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 that's enough. Uh, Mark Larson in the afternoon, 332, 1440. WROK with Mark Larson at 406. WROK's prize man carries cash and could award you a $10 bill if you've got a WROK bumper sticker on your car. Like a rolling stone. from the waist down. And Carpenter Solid Gold albums all weekend starting Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. 741 with Fred Robinson and Bad Company. WROK, where you can win streaker t-shirts and Carpenter Solid Gold albums all weekend starting Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock with the Bad Man Larson. 634, I'm Rick Robinson. I love this girl so much I gotta whisper her name. Angie. WROK, giving away another thousand dollars in prizes. Complete details later this week. Oh! Ha ha! 12 with Rick Robinson. I'ma pull my skin tight right now on the radio. Yeah! WROK, where you can count up to one thousand dollars in prizes if you're counted when it counts. More details later on this week. 943 with Rick Robinson. Baby, I really get it. Drinking now. Singing Wolf Bad Jack. Dr. John. Right place at the wrong time, baby. Some of you are okay. And we're just smoking, baby. It's 7.04 on a Sunday night, and I have Elton John from Caribou. WROK, where sometime this hour you get a chance to win Carol King's Wraparound Joy album and the BTO Not Fragile album. That happens sometime this hour, so you keep it right here, Mama. So it was that same year in 77, I was dating an older girl. Her name was Jerry Fertello. So I, as a junior, was able to go to the senior prom. They didn't have junior proms back then. Oh, okay. And it was at Rock Valley College, and the two guys that were DJing the prom 
was Shotgun Mark Rivers, okay. whose real name is Mike Lamb, who okay. we've got stories with that, with right. how everything right. calls right. full right. circle with us 40 years later, right. and Don Geronimo, okay. who was doing 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on ROK, whose name is Mike Source, who is oh. still in the industry. He works for Big 100 in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And Wonderful. Mark Larson, incidentally, I can pull up the iHeartRadio app and listen to him from 10 to noon San Diego time, Monday through Friday on KFMB. Wonderful. All these years later. It was really, really cool. And the so weird thing, and I hope other industries are like this, that it's a bowl of spaghetti that gets sort of twisted around years later. So here I am, I'm working in Freeport, and this is way before ROK, but after WLUV. I talked to Mary Myers, who was one of our co-workers and I said I want to go into Chicago and I want to visit some of these radio stations and see how the big guys do it I don't want to drive into Chicago by myself would you go with me she goes sure so we made appointments at WMAQ and WLS and all these places so we get to WBBM where we were just Mm -hmm. at WBBM with Lisa Fielding and Joe Mm -hmm. Soto and Jim Mulvaney oh probably two weeks ago Mm -hmm. Who was the guy that met me at the door and spent the afternoon with me at WBBM? Nick Scott. Oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, fun. Isn't that weird? And he sort of gives me one of those looks like, I know you. I've seen you before. But, you know, he sees a lot of people. Yeah. And I had to refresh his memory, and we had a fantastic time. See, it's all who you know, not what you know. Yeah. I learned that way back yeah. when. Yeah, okay. radio is full of dumbasses based on that yeah, statement. Yeah, exactly. It's not what you know. It's who you know. But back to my original question. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. You were back. That's okay, no problem. You were in FM for a little bit. Did oh. you use your name, Tim Larson? No. What did you use? Oh, Lord. Would you? Mm. Would people know it still now? No, oh, absolutely okay. not. I was a blip on the radio. Okay. Uh, everybody was at the Rolling Stones concert. <laughs> My air name on ZOK was Jay Holiday. WZOK and Dallas Cole and all the staff worked very, very hard at getting the Rolling Stones to come to the Metro Center in October of 1981. Okay. So he came over to... Uh, the AM studio during my shift. And of course, Dallas Cole never, ever walked in the AM studio. And I'm thinking, I'm in trouble Uh-oh. because Dallas Cole was a program director for the FM. And I maybe unknowingly did something wrong <laughs> that bent the FM people out of place. And he goes, Hey, God, I need you to really do me a favor. I said, Sure, what do you need? He says, You know, everybody has worked so hard at getting the Rolling Stones here. I want them all to be able to go to the concert. Would you do a shift on WZOK that night? I said, sure. And he says, well, I'll be right back. He comes back in the doors and he goes, you know, we can't use your name because I don't want to disrupt your AM reputation, which (laughs) I didn't even know I had one. You do. And he flipped open the phone book and he pointed and he goes, your first name is Jay. And he flipped it again and he pointed and he goes, your last name is Holiday. And I looked at him like he had three heads. And he goes, come on, this will be fun. You'll have fun with it. First of all, the phone books were like three inches high. Yes, yes. And I still have pieces of that air check. Do you really? 97 WZOK passing along important information regarding leftover Rolling Stones tickets. Later on today at 10 a.m., Dallas Cole will be talking to Metro Center manager Doug Logan, letting everybody know how the extra tickets will be distributed. That's later on today at 10 on 97 WZOK. 97 WZOK. Here's a Steve Miller band for you.
97 FM WZOK. 97 WZOK congratulating Debbie Hobel of Rockford. Just picked up the Stones LP. It's only rock and roll. Congratulations, Debbie. I've got more albums after nine on 97 WZOK. 97 FM WZOK. How you doing tonight? Rolling Stones night in Rockford, and we have got albums for you all night long, so stick by the phone and keep it right here on 97 FM WZOK. He let me come on, because I didn't want to go in cold. Okay. You know, ZOK is a different Was animal. it beautiful music still? Oh, no. Oh, what was oh, it then? Oh, no, we're talking Rolling Stones. We're talking oh, oh, CHR oh, oh. rock and roll. Oh, yeah, okay. in 81. The beautiful music thing was maybe early 70s through maybe 78. Okay. And then it swapped then it over. It over? To, okay. It went over to AOR. Oh, really? Album I didn't rock. know that. Yeah, and then when Dallas came in, then it bumped up. Chuck Doyle can tell you more about the WZOK history and those details. Oh, wow. But yeah, so no, we were full-blown into Jay Giles' band and the Go-Go's and everybody else. But I convinced him that I didn't want to go in cold because I wanted to do a good job. Can I come on and do fill in a couple of shifts in the couple of weeks leading up to October? He goes, oh, sure. So I had a fantastic time doing that. and I Overnights. S- uh, or was well, it? either late nights or overnights. Okay. They weren't necessarily okay. overnights because I can remember one break that I have. It was talking about, you know, it was like 10, 12 or something oh. in the evening. 97 WZLK welcomes Nazareth to the Metro Center November 17th. If you need some more concert info, call Rockford's original concert line at 226-9700. It's open 24 hours a day from WZOK. 97 FM WZOK on an eight-hour free ride of more of Rockford's best music. Pablo Cruz from the listener line at WZOK. 97 FM WZOK, your Rolling Stones concert station. She would never say... 97 FM WZOK from the album Escape. This is Journey and Who's Crying Now at WZOK. It's your movie. 97 WZOK Rockford weather. Fair and cool early today. Scattered frost in the low-lying areas, low near 37. Sunny and continue cool later on today with a high of 65. 47 now at WZOK. I just had a really, really good time. And then finding those cassettes and reel-to-reels over the pandemic, that was my pandemic project, is to get all that stuff digitized. This would be 1981, and I hear myself talking about public service announcements for the Boy Scouts, which we were very, very involved with the Boy Scouts, you know, as Eric was growing up. And then I, I did a giveaway that you could register at the record store in the Edgebrook Shopping Center. Oh, funny. <laughs> Which is exactly where we are today. Oh, funny. So it really took the big 360 and came back, but it sneaks up on you because you have no idea what's yeah. going to be on those reel-to-reels. WZOK, this is Jay Holiday with a reminder that the Boy Scout Troop 424 will be holding an aluminum can and paper drive at the East Parking Lot of the St. Bernadette School for two days, Saturday, July 31st from 8 to 4, and Sunday, August 1st from 9 to 2. More information? Give me a call here at WZOK. 
97 WZOK with your chance to win an $800 Pioneer Stereo. Blondie album catalogs, tickets, and backstage passes to see Blondie August 4th at the Metro Center. Pick up your entry form at Apple Tree Records at Edgebrook Center and get ready to win from WZOK. I have a whole box full of reel-to-reels and I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you, when you're ready... We've got the equipment, and we can digitize okay. those. And then when you get them digitized, think of all the people that you could share them with <laughs> easily. Well, if you wanted to. Yeah, not. If not, you wanted not, to. Not, not. Okay, so you were talking about giveaways. What was your favorite station promotion? That's what giveaways reminds me of, when we're giving stuff away. Because we, we had that well, prize closet, which was always filled, yeah. at least for, for ZOK. I don't know how ROK was. Oh, ROK was bulging, too. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. The, the record companies yes. and the movie theaters and the restaurants, yep, yep, yep. they knew who the big gun in town was. And it was just a matter of that salesperson finding a hole or a reason to give away those things on either the FM or the AM. Okay. And depending on what it was, you know, let's, let's say a movie or an album is more fitted for the FM than mm-hmm. it is the AM. True. They would just sort of play Tetra and sort of fill the holes, but we never, ever had a shortage for prizes. So what was your favorite promotion? Well, because you had no shortage. <laughs> no, and, that's and the where, ideas were always flowing. That, I remember that. That's right, and that's where Johnny Marks comes back in. Because okay. when we were uh, on on the AM and we were doing part time, Johnny and I would just go grab the van keys and stock up the van and go hit the streets. You always had stickers to give away, and there was always some kind of a bigger promotion tied with having a sticker on your window. Right, right, right. So we always had that, but then you have all these albums. Well, think about this. You're in your early 20s, and you've got people <laughs> lined up to meet you. People. Yeah, and a lot of them were young and pretty. Yes. Yes. Of the female persuasion. Yes. And we had all this stuff to give out, and they were thrilled about it. And there was nobody that came up and said, well, why don't you play more Gordon Lightfoot? There was no complaining. Mm-mm. No. Otherwise, Mm-mm. they wouldn't come. Mm-mm. They were loving and they knew they would get concert tickets or an album or something. And that's where Johnny and I sort of milked it for all it's worth. So was that your favorite? No. What was your favorite? No, my favorite is when Jack Lambiot and I... Jack Lambiot was the engineer. Yes. Okay. He was with Marv Beasley at the time. Okay. And we ended up doing the first satellite broadcast of a Rockford radio station down in Orlando at Walt Disney World. And oh, it was their 15th yeah. birthday. 15th? Yes. And now they're celebrating their 50th this yes. year. Wow. So it was 1986. Take the straight and narrow path, and if you start to slide, give a little whistle. Give a little whistle. And always let your conscience be your guide. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice. A celebration of good feeling. The bicentennial of the Constitution. The 15th birthday of Disney World. Live via satellite from Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Let's join Tim Larson for this Rockford Radio exclusive on 1440 WROK. They rolled out the red carpet. Jack and I were in our 20s. We just are told what to do and where to go. We don't really understand the spectrum of what we're about to get into. We just don't. And they sent us an engraved invitation. It was literally engraved on metal. Oh, fun. And that was one of the times 
where I took it into Vern Nolte. I did not take it to the program director, whoever it was at the time. And I said, Mr. Nolte, look what we just received in the mail. And he said, let's get the ball rolling and let's figure out how to make it happen. So, of course, it involved a lot of different people. And they put us, they, meaning Disney, okay. put us on a charter plane out of Chicago. Oh. So I walk on this plane. With all the equipment. Or did the equipment get shipped? Well, no, it was loaded like luggage. Okay, you know, okay, like, okay, like, okay, like luggage. Okay. Con- like you're a concert guy, you okay. know, Jack okay, had the boxes, these yeah. heavy-duty, you know, cases. So we, uh, we sit in the um, airplane, and I look over, and there's Wally Phillips from WGN. And I almost had diarrhea. <laughs> and I look back, and there's Larry Lujak and Tommy Edwards. Larry Lujak and little Tommy. I'm, I'm in my early 20s, I'm sure. I didn't know most of the people that were sitting in that plane. But we were the only ones from Rockford. That I do know. They loaded us into buses on the tarmac when we got down there. There was no going through security, none of that stuff. Well, that was way before 9-11 stuff. Yeah, well, and you had equipment. So here we are on the bus. And, you know, it's starting to sink in with Jack Limbiata and I just a little bit. Well, unbeknownst to us, they had us scheduled at this Marriott World Hotel, which was away from Walt Disney World. It was gigantic. It was only two years old. It was gorgeous. We pull in there, and he says, Tim Larson and Jack Lambiot from WROK in Rockford. And we raise our hands, says, this is your place. And everybody else is going, what, where are you going to take us? <laughs> I don't know where they ended up going. But we were the only two that got off at this gorgeous hotel. Oh, wow. And I, I never saw any of those people any of the time we were down at Disney doing our thing until it was time to leave and get back on the charter plane. Did you figure out where they were? No. Did you talk we, to the rest of the guys afterwards? No, because we were all scattered. And I, I was mean, just, like when you were back on the plane. I was scared oh to death. Oh, my I, gosh. I was. I was. Hmm. But, you know, they took us down into the Utilidors at Magic Kingdom. I don't know what that is. The underground tunnels. Oh, yes. wow. So we enter from the back of Cinderella's Castle, where the employees' entrance are, and we go in the Utilidors, and of course we got everything on a cart and whatever, and mm-hmm. he knows exactly. Our escort, Gene Hawk, was from the costume department. Oh, fun. Yeah, everybody had an escort to sort of help you through everything, so he knew exactly where our position was. So he would take us to this location and up these stairs or this elevator, and it would put you in the middle of a gift store. Oh, my. Because that's how they got product to the gift store. Okay. And then your table was like 20 feet away from the gift store. So you're not lugging stuff down Main Street, USA. I mean, they've got it together. He lined up all these people for us to interview. Buddy Rich was there. Dolly Parton. (gasps) Roger Ebert. Uh, I interviewed uh, Bob Ballard, who found the Titanic the year before. And we had a lot of Rockford people that sort of knew we were going to be down there Mm -hmm. and hunted us down. And, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm from Love's Park, and I listen to you all the time, that type of thing, which was sort of nice. Well, then this one guy came up, sort of a big guy, and he had um, sort of a a dad shirt on, you know, where it's sort of checked brown and green. Okay. (laughs) And suspenders. And he comes up to Jack and I after I got out of a break, because it's a live show. Right. And he said, I've been looking for you two at every beer stand in the Magic Kingdom, which there are no beer stands in the Magic Kingdom. Oh. And we looked and we had no clue. We had great big sunglasses on. And it was Bruce Williams, who was a network talk program at night on WROK from NBC. Oh. 
Oh. Remember when you had Bruce Williams and Sally Jesse Raphael and I all those? I remember Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah. I don't remember some of the other names because I yeah. didn't. That was not my stuff. So he had a list of his affiliates. Oh he knew where they were located. And he made it a point over the next two days to stop by and chat. And so we said, I says, hey, you know, we don't have an interview set up until 11 o'clock. And he goes, I'll sit down with you. Oh, fun. And I still have that picture to this day. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, he was a hoot. Oh, my God. And he could take shit. Oh, my God. We could probably give it to. He could give it to. Yeah. He was, I think, I think he was a mayor of like Rochester or something like that in his day. So he was well-seasoned. He had been around the corner as far as radio and press conferences and interviews and stuff like that. So, oh my yeah, gosh. it was it was not his first rodeo. Oh, my gosh. Well, that sounds like so much fun. Mm-hmm. Because I just went to Disney for the first time this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how you made it because there were four different locations, and I didn't realize there were four different parks. I had no idea. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, <laughs> You're so it sweet. It was fun. It you're was fun. So, that's where I got... Even a bigger bug for Disney oh. is when you get to see the behind the scenes and you get to uh, be the recipient of those red carpets. And Gene Hawk was just so fantastic. Gene told me one day, and Jack is sitting there next to me, and of course, Jack has to make things happen. Right. And Gene said, uh, I've been told by the people that are running this event to ask you what you want to do, and it's my job to make it happen. What do you uh, want to do as far as like going? Thank you. That's exactly okay. what we thought. You're going to give us just an empty canvas. Oh, my God. Like a fart in a whirlwind. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like a what? A fart in a whirlwind. <laughs> and, That's funny. And he says, no, I'm serious. You name it. So it was, I don't know, maybe a half hour later, you know, Jack and I sort of put our uh, heads together. And Gene came back and I said, I would like to broadcast in the Living Seas. He the goes, living oh. Living Seas. What are, the no, Living what? Seas. That's, uh, that's the... Uh, aquatic area of Epcot. Okay. And he goes, oh, that's that's absolutely no problem at all. And I said, well, Gene, I'm, I'm not really sure you understood what we talked about. We want to broadcast in the Living Seas. So like on the ride? No, or like in the water. Standing in the water? No, scuba diving in the water. Okay, see, I don't know what yeah. the Living Seas are. Oh, so, is that yeah. real live animal? Live, <clears throat> oh, yes. yes. So Jack is going, making all this happen, Tim, is on Disney. I don't have the wherewithal to have a microphone cord that is waterproof to go to a scuba mask. And Gene says, I'll be right back. And literally, that man was gone maybe 20 minutes and said, you guys have training tomorrow morning. My biggest problem was my feet are very buoyant. So I couldn't keep my feet down. They put weights on, ankle weights on you? Well, we didn't think that far in advance. Mm. So I've got this cord and I've got this microphone in this scuba thing, you know, and they recorded it, and we played it later. Mm-hmm. And there was a hundred-year-old grouper next to me. Oh my god! These things—they're huge. They're as long as six-foot tables. Oh my gosh! And this thing—you know—I've got tunnel vision with this mask on, and this thing comes creeping beside me. It's like, oh my god! Well, it was also feeding time, so <gasps> everything was active. I can't believe they put me in there during feeding time, and of course, hearing the broadcast, hearing the recording, which I still have. You can hear the nervousness in oh my, my voice. Gosh. Like, I'm going to get eaten <laughs> in, in, in just a matter of time. But, oh my God, what a promotion. Because um, it's getting close to feeding time, and the fish are just incredible. There's something that they call down here. I forget what they named it, but it is a huge, huge grouper fish. They say that the thing is. 
It's between 75 and 100 years old. It's really strange. And this is the world's largest aquarium. And the fish down here are unbelievable. Oh, my Oh, that's God. cool. And then that night, you know, they had... Uh, concerts with the OJs and concerts with uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. I mean, you know, Helen Hayes was there. You could ride Space Mountain. I think we rode it 14 times, wow. nonstop, 14 times. Wow. We would take the cassette and the mic and just hit record and stick the mic underneath our seatbelt so we could still hang on and recorded us riding in Space Mountain. Oh, that would be oh. fun. Here we go. Hang on. Hang on to that back. Put your foot against it. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Hang on. Whoa. Whoa. Jeez. Oh, man. Whoa, that, that's the one I hate. That's the one I hate. Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I feel my glasses coming off. <laughs> and I'm not going to reach up to put them back on. Hang on. Whoa, whoa. Oh, jeez. Oh. Whoa. All right. Hang on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh. Oh, Oh, Jack! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> oh! Oh, jeez! You can't see anything! I don't believe it! Oh! Oh, jeez! Jack was the best guy to do any traveling with. Jack, it was so much fun at WROK on any level. It doesn't matter if it was the Rock River Raft Race. It didn't matter if we were doing a simple remote for Rack's Roast Beef. It didn't matter. He was so damn much fun and so good at what he did. And he was not the stern engineer. Yeah, yeah. He was the guy that if you said, well, can we do this? He goes, well, give me a minute. And he'd go Let get a wire. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, figure it I out. think we might be able to do that. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. You mentioned some big names there just a little bit ago, like Dolly Parton and whatnot, too. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite artist to interview and your favorite artist to see? Okay. Just give me Okay. favorite artist. First of all, I got evidence of an interview that I apparently had. Mm -hmm. that I should be really, really excited about. Okay. But I have Show no <laughs> recollection. None. No recollection. And and it? I find this album, you know, our Storyteller Studio is is filled with albums on the on the baseboards of all here, and we put right. an album on every time we come in. And it's like three big rooms. Yeah, it's a lot of albums. So I'm going through the boxes, and I see this album where these guys have, this is Dr. Hook. They have autographed the album to me. Tim. And I'm going, well, God, I don't remember that at all. Well, I was going through my reel-to-reels, and guess what? You found an interview. There was an interview <gasps> with Dr. Hook. Oh, my gosh. Zero recollection. I have no pictures. I have no idea how I got there. I completely mentally wrote it off. So in answer to your question, oh my gosh. I would say my favorite is Barbara Mandrell. Really? Yes. 
Barbara and Louise and Erlene were the most accommodating and nice people I have ever had the opportunity to interview. And I guess the second would be Charlie Pride. So these are not necessarily tied directly to WROK because oh, okay. they're, they're okay. country artists. Okay, right, right, right. But after I got out of country, which would be WLUV and uh, WXXQ and WFRL in Freeport, and I came to ROK, if I would get a uh, news release, like Charlie Pride's a good example, I would okay. get a news release, I would answer it oh. with no intentions of ever putting any part of it on the air because we're not country. Mm-hmm. But I figured if I went to interview him, first of all, it'd be really cool. But second of all, if he died in a plane crash a week from now, guess what I would have? An oh. interview from Charlie Bride that True. I could play. True. So when, uh, when Charlie came to town, he was playing at the Winnebago County Fair. He wasn't even at like the Metro Center <laughs> or the Coronado. It was so weird. And Charlie Pride's a big man. He's got okay. hands like nobody's business because he used to play with the Milwaukee Brewers. I did not know that. Yes. Here we are at the 11th Street Howard Johnson's. And you oh, walk, I know where that is. Yes. <laughs> you walk into this conference room, I guess, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it has brown paneling all uh-huh. over. So that tells you exactly the motif of this place. I had played country music for a long time at WLUV and WFRL. So I had had conversations with other people about country artists. One, my dad's cousin, Denver Dingus, the nicest guy on the planet. And Denver would do anything for you. So I called him two days before. And I said, hey, Denver, I'm going to be doing this uh, interview type thing. I've got a lot of equipment, which was a bullface lie. I didn't. Can you help me carry it? Because they will only give me one trip. Ah, okay. He goes, sure. He goes, what time? I go, I'll pick you up at 11 o'clock on Saturday. He got in the car and never asked, where are we going? Who are we going to see? How much equipment do you have? Nothing. Not one word. Oh, wow. That day was also his birthday. Aww. And and Charlie Pride was his favorite. So when he walked in that room, I thought I was going to see a grown man pee his pants. (gasps) And I still have this picture of him and Charlie Pride. And he has that deer in the headlight look because I don't know that he ever recovered from it. And it was just something that I was able to do, and I had no business being there. Oh, that's so cool. I really didn't, because that it never aired. Now, when Charlie Pride hits the recording studio in Nashville, do you go in there uh, with just a bucket full of songs and say, okay, we'll record all these songs, and then we'll sit down and listen to them and say, okay, I want this on the next album, and I want this on the next album. And if the other ones don't make this album then they're on the other ones, or do you go in with specific, let's say, 10 or 12 songs? How does that work? Well, you get, uh, you pick, uh, usually you go in with about between 8, 10, or 12 songs each time, and, uh, but that's what you do. You try to pick the best uh, songs you can pick and put them down, learn them as well as possible, then go in and record them. Our philosophy is to try to record. Every song we record, we'd like to think of it as, being good enough for a single so that's what we shoot for and, and we think in doing I mean doing it from that standpoint we never have a bad album because if you cut everything with the intention of possible single material then you're doing pretty good I'm not saying you pull it off all the time but that's our that's our goal or our intention oh, the interview fun. never aired but Barbara Mandrell was a person that that I interviewed while I was at country radio stations. Mm-hmm. 
you know what it's like to be behind stage and mm-hmm. what it's like to be on stage and stuff like that. And Don Kay mm-hmm. uh, talked about it a little bit when he was in here. Mm-hmm. Barbara and I would do our interview thing and we'd turn off the recorder. And, and I said, then oh, chat. And yeah, but, yeah, but I'd say I, I'm going to leave, whether I'm in her dressing room at the uh, uh, theater or I'm in her travel bus, either way. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, you're going on stage in a half hour. Yeah, you need time to prepare. No, she goes, no, I just, I just sit here. She goes, just hang out with me. And I'm going, come on. She goes, no, really. So we don't do anything. We're all ready. If we're not ready by now, it's a problem. What does 1980 and 81 and 82 and whatever, what does that hold for you? You know you're going to keep going on TV. Uh, You can't hardly help that. Would you agree with that? I hope so. You asked me what is is in store in 1980. I don't really know, and I like that. It makes it exciting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to know. I can only hope um, that there will be new avenues to explore, and I hope that I can improve, you know, the work that I'm doing. During the pandemic, which would be 2020, I came across a picture of Barbara and her girl, which I think she was maybe eight years old at the time, in their travel bus. And I made a copy of it. And I looked up Barbara Mandrell's International Fan Club thing on the internet. And I figured, you know what? It's only going to cost me a half a dollar if I send this off and I never hear anything. Well, yeah, what have I got to lose? Oh my gosh. All right. So five months later, I get an eight by 10. I, of course, remember you, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, thank you. And she wrote as much as she possibly could on that eight by 10 photograph of her. Now she's 72. This is a long, long, long time ago. So I sent her one of my books. Which book? uh, Things to Think About. Oh, I love that. Thanks. And she sent me another response. She goes, I have read it from cover to cover. My husband wants to keep it in the bathroom. Oh, it's a bathroom book It is. It's a little, you know, spits and spurts. And she sent me a picture of her daughter. I don't know. She's probably, what, 35 or 40 at the time? How cool is that? Yeah, and she's just the sweetest person ever. How and, cool is that? Yeah, and you know, here we are, forty years later, and she still has that down deep country hospitality. Yeah, um, hospitable nature. Yes. Okay. How you grow up? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's your just, culture. It's your culture. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it's a southern hospitality type it thing, is. and I it's really think that's cool. Very much a southern hospitality thing. But I'll tell you. When they got the variety show on NBC, oh yeah, yep, yep, all gates were closed. Oh really? Oh yeah, because everybody knew them and everybody wanted them mm-hmm. then. Yeah. You know, before I was the, the top afternoon guy at the top radio station in a very very bodunk town, yeah. and I was the guy. Yeah. But after NBC, yeah, not so much. Oh man, I loved that show, the Mandrell Show. You know, when I was Miss mm-hmm. Hannibal Pageant. Uh, giving up the crown we did a dance my brother and three boys and i was the barbara and they mm. were the, the guys and so we did a country type oh dance with all that stuff they, just loved it they just loved it but very, they were very inspirational they were very talented yeah very very much so yeah so okay so that was your favorite artist was, was there one that ever came into the studio that was your favorite did you ever interview anybody hmm. in the studio most of mine were on location okay i would go to the theater or the arena most of mine were on location, you know, okay. the Beach Boys and Ronnie Millsap and Rick Springfield and a lot of the old acts like the Shirelles and stuff like that because we did the 11 o'clock sock hop. 
okay. and the uh, Saturday Night Crews, Luke Christie and some of those people that came into town. Uh, we ended up getting a lot of that. And then, of course, we would be able to get up on stage and introduce them mm-hmm. and promote mm-hmm. the radio mm-hmm. station that way, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly don't mm-hmm. remember on the ROK side a lot of people coming in for interviews that weren't news associated oh okay yeah we had okay. a lot of news that's associated true because ROK people. was more news oriented yeah. at that point in time yeah you gotcha. guys got the big hair rock and rollers yeah at, at the we back of the building at that time. Yeah. and of course us AM guys are going who the hell was that <laughs> you know I'm sure because they're wearing a leopard jacket and they got hair the size of you know New York that they are somebody but I have no idea who they are. Did you ever go in and well, see somebody like that? I couldn't care less. No, really? No, oh, that's no. Funny. Because if they told me, I don't know that it would relate. I oh, don't know that funny. I could figure out who it is because I didn't play their music. Oh, that's true. If it was the Doobie Brothers or the Eagles, then fine. But, you know, usually those people that were coming in for interviews were the up-and-comers that yeah. needed some airplay. Yeah. I, I remember one time I was working... Uh, at WROK, and we, we ended up getting some free tickets to Alpine Valley. Have you ever been to Alpine oh, Valley? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's not, so, is it there anymore? I can't even remember. I can't Alpine recall. Valley is, yes. Okay. Poplar it's Creek Poplar is Creek not. Poplar Creek is gone. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which I still cry about that. Me too. I know. So if you give me a minute. <laughs> but anyway. Here's a tissue. There you go. <laughs> okay, there's your minute. It's up. Tell me the story about Alpine Valley. <laughs> we get together, and a bunch of us go in, and we had lawn seats. Okay, yeah. So that's how low-grade our tickets were. Well, they were always that way. I know. They were always that way. So here are the Eagles. Oh, my God, the Eagles are going to, oh, this is fantastic. So here's the guy that is the opening act, and he comes out with a stool and a guitar, and he's one guy, and he's sort of a pudgy guy with a receding hairline, and we're in radio, and we're going... I have no clue. And they did not tell us who was, who that was? No, who was going to be on before him. Because, you know, when you go see the Eagles, you much sort of didn't care. You know, he was good, but still didn't know who he was. I mean, after the songs he played and everything, he, we, we didn't know who he was. Well, you know, back in the day, you literally got an album or a 45 in the mail to introduce an artist's song. Right. And that next week, we received the 45, and it was Christopher Cross. That's who was on stage? And none of us had a clue. Oh, wow. None of us. And we go, oh, God, that's sort of, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. But we, no clue. He could have been from three blocks away, for all we know. Oh, my God! It was sort of weird. And we were supposed to be in the know. Yeah, we had no clue. Huh. No clue at all. <laughs> well, earlier... People have mentioned how WROK and WZOK is kind of like a beehive of activity. If walls could talk, boy, oh if walls my. could talk. Yeah. Did you ever hear anything that was embarrassing? Oh that God. was uh, just you mean like any it, the weird, oh God, crazy you, stories that you just kind of overhear? You mean like in the next cubicle and they don't know you were there? Yeah, yeah. you know, you overhear. Or you walk in on somebody Well, or we were in a planning meeting because okay. I was a promotions director. Okay. And I was at most of the radio stations that I was at, except one. I was at a music director at one in Charleston. But we were in a planning meeting for this particular promotion. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was okay. something big where it was sort of all hands on deck. Gotcha. Maybe the raft race, chili oh, shootout. Yeah. Yep. Those are know, huge. Something Those like that. Huge. Where everybody participates. <laughs> well... So we're going down all the list with whoever the program director was at the time. 
going to, going down the list of all these holes that needed to be filled. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be good for Jerry, or that'd be good for Riley, or that'd be good for well, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And when we came across this one particular job, I said, "Well, that'd be good for so and so." He goes, "No, that won't work." I go, "No, no, he's really good. I've seen him do it before. He's really good." He goes, "No, he won't be here then." <gasps> yeah, oh. he he won't be here then. So you can't pencil him in because. Uh, so I needed to keep it to myself for, I don't know, six oh, days, God. something like that. Oh, it sucked. God, that's not fun. Yeah. So that was that was not one of those fun. overhearing things. <laughs> not fun. Yeah. So that's programming. Any other stories from engineering? There's an engineer that was before um, Marv Beasley and Jack Lambiot. His name was Ed Jurich. And Ed was instrumental in taking WROK from a stand-up studio to a sit-down and a multi-microphone studio because we were going from top 40 rock and roll, you know, again, Doobie Brothers, Eagles, to uh, Barry Manilow, Barbara Mandrell, or not Barbara Mandrell. <laughs> you got Barbara Mandrell yeah, in the brain. I, I do, I do. Uh, Barbara Streisand. And, and they literally gutted the room and built a new studio. Wow. Well, Ed Jurich was one of those guys that was just funny to begin with. He'd be the guy that would put together the weird little films and videos, which back then it was hard to do for the Christmas parties. But he had a pet tarantula. What? Yes, that was enough to keep any salespeople or any programming people out of the engineering room next to the transmitter room because he had a damn tarantula down there. Oh, my God. So that's my... That's oh my, my en- en- engineering story. Oh, God. <laughs> I still have a picture of uh, Marv Beasley, who was sort of an older guy at the time. I don't know if he's still with us or not, but I have a picture of him having to get underneath the new studio board to either adjust something or whatever the case may be. And Kelly Ryan was on the air. So all Kelly did was scoot her chair back and let him scoot in there. Right. Well, I was sitting across at one of the mic- the guest mm-hmm. microphones, and as he popped his head up, it looks like he's under Kelly's skirt, <laughs> under, the, <laughs> under the board. And of course, he's got this very innocent look. I'm like, Oop, hey, you busted me. But, you know, it was fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Poor Kelly. I bet she was, like, blushing red, oh, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. I've shared those pictures with her more oh, times. My. Oh, God. She is so much fun. She is the other person besides you that has a very contagious laugh. Oh, my gosh. If you get Kelly going, forget it. Oh, my God. When we were at the WROK's 90th birthday mm-hmm. at the Midway Village, when Doug McDuff or Fred Spear or some of those guys start telling stories, it's like moths to a fire it's unbelievable and i told doug i says you know if you really want to test this theory start to walk around and see if we don't follow you and of course you knew that was was exactly gonna happen well he would tell something and off kelly would go laughing and of course we're all and you get to a point where you go we're not really sure why we're laughing yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it had gone so long and we forgot doug's punchline but it's because of kelly's contagious laugh She's a sweetheart. I talk to her maybe about every three months. I mean, we communicate through Facebook and stuff like that. But uh, her husband was a, um, a photog for TV 17 for years. Oh, wow. So we sort of saw both sides of the media while they were here until they moved to uh, Minneapolis. Kelly, we're going to have to get you on here in the Storyteller Studio, too. Yeah, we may have to make a road trip to Minneapolis. There you go. Because, you know, there there's you nothing go. wrong with Minneapolis. That's I'm true. Just, yeah. That's true. Well, hey. those are favorite stories there for engineering and, and even on air. What about for sales department? Oh, Lord. Wow. Too many to tell, oh, huh? Oh, my God. You know, Dean Irvin was in here. Yeah. 
Dean is a rare bird. That <laughs> is is about how you button him up. And Dean was always my guy that if I came up with a promotional idea of some sort, and of course I needed either a distribution point or a sponsor, or I needed I needed something that involves somebody else in the community. Right. He would be the one that would Fine. grab onto it and go get it. Yeah. Well, it was a feather in his cap, you know, because he'd walk into Fred Snow over at Clock Tower and he'd say, you know, I've got this uh, idea, because I didn't care if <laughs> he took credit for which Dean probably took credit for thinking it up. <laughs> because then Fred could go, well, that would fit the cork, or that would fit Fig's restaurant, or that would fit Bellamy's. So he had multiple things to do. You know, Dean would hook us up with beefaroo and uh, car dealers and all kinds of stuff. Well, outside of that, which thank you, Dean, for being my arm for promotions, I'm working there in the middle of the day, and this new guy is hired for 6 to 10 on the FM. Okay. And his name is J.D. Stewart. Okay. Okay. So he's in, and he's dealing with Linda Sisler and yep. Jan Thorpe with all yep. of his HR papers and all Robert that stuff. And, oh, yeah, getting, all, getting mm-hmm. all that set up, yep. you know, and he's meeting as many people as he can because he knows he's not going to see most of these people yeah. if he runs 6 to 10. Right. So he walks by the AM sales room, and he sees this guy. Nobody else is in there. Big uh-huh. room, one guy, feet up on his desk. Reading the newspaper. I mean, spread eagle, like an eight-foot spread of a, of a newspaper. And he goes, hmm, that's sort of interesting. Huh. Well, then he goes on, and he comes back to the door, and the same damn guy is reading the same damn newspaper. Huh. And J.D.'s thinking to himself, what in the hell? And who is this guy? And it's like 6 or 7 o'clock at night? No, it's middle of the day because he's oh. in doing all the HR oh, stuff. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. So he's back with the program director doing something. He's telling me this story, and he comes through it again. There he is. He's doing nothing. He at least put the paper down, newspaper down. It was Ron Galina, the sales manager. Well, Ron obviously was looking at what some of the other sponsors and what the other company owners were buying in another media. Mm-hmm. Well, J.D. said he walked in. He goes, I couldn't take it anymore. I'm J.D. Stewart. I'm the new guy on ZOK from 6 until 10. And he goes, I'm Ron Galina. I'm the sales manager. He goes, God, that, that explains why you look like you're not doing anything all day today. <laughs> to Ron Galena. Oh my. oh my God. And Ron Galena responded to him. He goes, uh, you're not going to come into work dressed like that every day, are you? Uh, because yeah. Ron was in a suit. Suit and tie. Yeah, and of yep. course, JD's in blue jeans. And that was an on-running joke to the time that JD Stewart left. Oh, Between Ron and him, he says, God. I wouldn't have picked that to wear today because J.D. just didn't care. J.D. also did the We Are the World Rockford version of the song. I remember the song, but I was not here for that. Yeah. The 45 is out here in the Storyteller studio, and that was an incredible event with all these different prominent people in the community. And, you know, none of us could sing, but we could sing background. And he had all these great people like Mike Williamson and Dorothy Page Turner and people like that. Oh, Dorothy Page Turner. I know her. One of my very favorite collectibles Mm -hmm. is this is a four inch by six inch version, a picture of an actual full page ad in the Rockford newspaper when they had the rock and roll denim machine. Mm. And you've got people like Mel Young and Dan Campbell, Jack Randall. This is in the uh, like 76, 77 era. You had Fred Spear and Bob Pressman and Cliff Albert. And just all these guys that I grew up on the radio with. 
And now I'm either friends with them or I worked with them or I'm still doing business with them. It's just the weirdest thing. And to have that full page original ad from the Rockford Register Star was, was just fantastic. This is a van. Yes. With ROK on the side. Why was it called Denim Machine? Because it was sponsored by Levi's. Oh, yeah, and gotcha. they painted it to look like it was a close-up of blue jeans. Oh, so it was a rock okay. and roll denim machine. And of course, you know, when that was given away, then we'd buy another van and it'd have an updated logo on it. And I remember the navy blue one and the screaming orange one. And we'd go out to Festa Italiana and, oh, wow. you know, people would know we were there and... Well, you could definitely tell this is 1977 because all of the long hair. Oh, yeah. Long hair, long oh, yeah. mustaches, the big wire rim glasses. They're kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, my golly. And that was the year that WROK won International Radio Station of the Year. Really? International? Yeah. I did not yes. know that. So I not really only did not know that. Not only were they top wow. banana in northern Illinois, but... I think it was the National Association of Broadcasters that gave that award away. And we also have a picture of that out here on the wow. table, too. Yeah. I and, did not know that. And that, that uh, medallion, I guess, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. was in the lobby among all of these archive radio antiques that Vern Nolte had. And I believe they were donated to the Midway Village oh, Museum. Cool. I believe. But they were not your typical old radios. Right. This was old radio station equipment. Oh, this, it was equipment. Oh, okay. This and was, they all worked. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this wow. is stuff okay. that you didn't recognize. So he actually, okay. Vern Nolte actually printed up a brochure that had the outline of these particular pieces. And then, you know, that's number one. And then over at number one, it would tell you what it is. So anybody, oh, wow. layman's terms, they could figure out what that was. And oh, my God. I know. Vern did really, really, really cool stuff like that. Wow. Okay, so I have to ask, because I know that people have already talked about it in our previous places, but have you had any on-air bloopers oh, Lord. happen to you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Not so much at WROK, because I was always sphinctered up. When I was at ROK, I mean, I was really sure that I was not going to screw up. I'm not saying I didn't screw up, but I was more aware of it. Okay. But um, I was at WLUV and on the... No, first time or second time? uh, First time. Okay. 16 years old. The reel-to-reel was over to the left-hand side. Well, that's where your mic is too. Okay. So I open the mic and I'm about to introduce on a Sunday morning this religious program. Okay. And I hit the play button and the reel didn't go it's because i did not loop it on all of the pieces so the tension wasn't there and of course the mic is still on i'm leaning over trying to figure out what the deal was and i go shit which is my favorite cuss word (laughs) that's why we get along so well and then of course i've got that heavy that that heavy sigh and the microphone's on and i go shit and then i realized what the deal was which was an easy fix you know you just pull the tension up and hit play but it's Sunday morning. I mean, the last thing you want to say is shit on a Sunday morning. With a religious program queued up and ready to go. So if that wasn't bad enough, later on that morning, when all the religious programs were done and we'd get back to playing country music, I introduced a very longtime legendary country artist as Rex Titter (laughs) instead of Tex Ritter. (laughs) Okay. 
Yay! Yeah. Um, there was also sort Very of an... titillating. In- yeah. Yes. Yes. There was sort of a, an intentional blooper that happened in Charleston, West Virginia. This was the stupidest thing. God, I'm just... I'm just... When you think about it, I'm just so dumb. I had, I, I had a uh, remote that they paid me for at Roscoe Peters Chevrolet okay. in West Virginia. Big, big place. Spent a lot of money with the radio station. And you remember those giant Hollywood lights that they would rent? Okay. This guy's dealership was sort of out of town a little bit because we're in the mountains. Mm -hmm. So when he would get property for all of his cars, you had to sort of go out of town a little bit. So he did the big lights and stuff like that. Yes, you could easily find Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So (laughs) Charleston, West Virginia, right smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt. So I'm there, and the salesperson, his name was Doak Turner. <laughs> That's a real name. Swear to God. Yeah, and he was about as dorky as the day is long. He would kiss a client's ass until the cows came home. Oh, my God. Because that's his bread and butter. All right, so here I did a break. And I said, hey, we're out at Roscoe Peter Chevrolet. We're the newest, you know, Chevy Chevette or whatever the deal is. And, and you can find us because you see the great big Hollywood lights. It's sort of like the second coming. Oh. I get off. Doak Turner pulls me a couple of cars away. And he goes, you can't do that. This is a Bible Belt. You can't make reference like that. I said, okay, thanks. Thanks for the heads up. I mean, it's just ad lib. You know, yeah, I had no I, idea. There's no script. I didn't know I was going to say that. You're just trying to fill space and get back into the programming. Oh, God. Did I'm you get such... into trouble after that? No, not at all. Did people come in? No, not at all. But... Oh. The very next break, I talk about the next car. I talk about the fancy interior. I talk about this. And once again, I say, you can find us at the big Hollywood lights, just like the second coming. I did it again. I thought he was going to shit his pants because the client was right there. I had just interviewed the client about this particular car. What did the client do? He didn't. He just cringed. But I did it again. What would possess me to do that? The devil. <laughs> <laughs> the devil made me do it. You know. <laughs> I wish the devil I, made me do it, man. I wish I was that smart to blame the devil. Oh, but my I, God. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's oh, funny. God. You know, the other time that I was literally hot on the air, you know, where you just get hot under the collar. Yep. And you go, oh, God, I can't, I can't pull that back. Uh, have you heard people talk about our April Fool's jokes that we used to do on the ROK side? Doug mentioned one on the AM side. I don't know which one it was. Though, uh, it was to... probably the Goodyear Blimp yes, or Channel yes, One. Yes. Yeah. Well, something with the antenna. Yeah. I think. Channel, yeah okay, one. Channel yep. One. So I don't know what I followed up with, but the guys in the morning had done something. I can't remember what it was. And I'm driving to work. I had never done this before. I had never done an April Fool's thing before. So I'm writing, you know, frantically as I get into the radio station. Because it's a news station. So you yes. news. Well, you're okay. supposed to take everything serious, yes, aren't you? Yes, yes. Well, I was also a relatively newbie for being a full-timer in middays. Okay. I get in there and I read this news release from J. Kenneth Bench in Springfield, Illinois, from the Illinois High School Association. <gasps> None of this exists. Oh, okay. J. Kenneth Bench is Johnny Bench, catcher from the Cincinnati oh, Reds. Oh, funny. Yeah. Okay. I had gone back to Marv Beasley and also Audrey, and okay. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I need you to be J. Kenneth Bench. I'll pull you up on the phone, Marv, and I need you to be the most uncaring, asinine jackass that you could possibly be. 
Here's the deal. This is what we're doing. We've made the decision, that type of thing. He goes, I got it. Well, nobody ever hears Marv on the air. Okay. So nobody recognized his voice. Audrey was the receptionist okay. that wouldn't let me through. Oh, gotcha. So I okay. had to be a little persistent. And I told her on this. Yeah. I said, I want you to really be, you know, put up the gate. Yep, yep, yep. So she finally let me through. You know how that oh, works. Yep, yep. And so we did our little interview and that was the deal. Well, the joke was that this association down in Springfield changed all of the color combinations of all the high schools in town. <laughs> so you went from no. Guilford High School, who is white and light blue, to red and green. I mean, just hideous. Oh, gross. Hideous Col colors. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm sure somewhere in the list, even back then, there was puce oh. on there. <laughs> yeah. So John Strandon walks in to the to the AM studio, and he goes, "What? What? Where? Where? Uh, what did you? Where? Where'd you get that?" He goes, "Why don't we have this news release?" And he heard it over the monitor. Oh. And he heard Marv and he heard Audrey. Didn't recognize their voices. Oh, gosh. And serious. these people are lighting up the phones going, shit, they can't do this. I just bought my daughter a new you know, cheerleading uniform yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And all this. Football uniforms. Yeah, yeah, and we're the booster club or the oh, PTA and we have to redo everything. Oh, my God. They were pissed. I go, John, it's April 1st. And he goes, you're an ass. And he turned around, <laughs> he turned around and walked in the newsroom. Because he took it, hook, line, and sinker. All right, so later on okay, that so afternoon. so what did Burns say to that? No, not, no, not a thing. Oh, oh no, no, wow. no, not a thing. He let us go. Oh, my gosh. So later on that afternoon, Riley O'Neill followed me. Okay, because he the, was on two to six? Yeah. Okay. So Riley's idea was that Tim's joke went too far and that the radio station fired Tim. That was his oh. April Fool's joke. Okay. We made everybody in the building believe it because I disappeared. At 2.02 after my shift, because Riley and I talked about this. Right, right, right. I left the building. Oh. And so everybody <gasps> thought it happened. And, of course, Riley is trying to juggle all these balls. And he's getting all these callers are going, oh, God, it's only an April Fool's. Oh, come on. They can't do that. And he goes, no, it's done. Decision's done. Management did this. And, of course, Riley can. He you know, can really. He can run with it. Yeah, he's he, good. He he's can good. tell the story. Yeah. And then, of course, at 6 o'clock, he's just got to go, people, look at your calendar. Seriously? Really? We've been doing this since this morning. Oh, my God. And that's when you come in the next day and you go, yeah. well, yesterday was April Fool's. Today we are straight on. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. And I sort of went neener, neener, neener. Yeah. I'm back. All those listeners live it. Oh, my yeah. God. So what was your favorite listener call then? That kind of reminds me of that one. Oh, have, my. Do you have one? I do. Did you ever have a listener stalker or anything like that either? Um, yeah, but in different levels because okay. you know we were adult contemporary and we were news talk so okay so you know totally different then. yeah it's a little different but yet it sort of still happened to to a certain level okay uh, listener story but, listener but, call. but this listener call her name was alice and alice. i still have it recorded oh really yeah and it is went it on, digitized now it is oh uh it went on for easily 30 minutes really easily she called up she'd been listening for a very long time she clearly had an agenda and she had either compliments or issues or going to save the world, whether it be with tomatoes, the way they grow them, <laughs> or Paul Harvey, or the Chicago Cubs. I mean, honest God. to God, it bounced around like a BB in a boxcar. And she went on and on. And every time I said, hey, Alice, because I, I wanted the reel to run. I wanted to get this as much as I could. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, Alice, I got I to gotta take a break here just a minute. If you just hang on. And she would very patiently hang on, you know, of course. Oh 
I get on, I tell the weather or whatever, and I go right back. I take my headphones off, and she would have something to do with the weather or whatever I said. And this is off the air. Off the air. Oh, okay. Always in queue, but I had the reel to reel going. Oh my. And she was probably I don't know, fifty years old, something like that. I never met her. I never heard from her again. Oh wow. Yeah, but boy, she was bent on telling somebody everything about every topic. I'll have to play it for you sometime. Oh my goodness. It's a very entertaining conversation that I am so glad that I have on tape. I'm going to break my teeth wide open. I'm well, what going to get on radio. I have a good voice. Well, ma'am, what are you talking about your case? I don't understand. I'm going to tell the story of my life and how it all happened. How hard I've been blaming myself for years for what's happened to my loved ones. It's all my fault, my fault, my fault. But I can't help it what other people do after all. I always thought I was the worst one until I found out I wasn't. Uh-huh. Would you believe that one? Hang on a second. One second. got to do a break here, yes, okay? Sir. All right, thank you. Boy, how I'd love to get on radio. I wouldn't bust the radio, too, but if I went on television... One, break... one second, ma'am. Yes, sir. 1440 WROK, this is Tim Larson with a reminder, put some fun in your life this fall. Join 4-H now. They've got registrations already in progress. I'd you can have so 4-H. much fun and learn at the same time. Call the Winnebago County Extension Office for details, 987-7379. But they aren't home now. I'd like to meet them personally. Who? 4-H'ers. When you tell people about stuff like this, they go, oh, no, you're exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're not exaggerating. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got to tell you, backing up just a little bit, when okay. we went into Chicago, when Mary Myers and I went in Chicago, yes, this falls in the category of the best advice I ever got in the radio business. When we went to the Stone Container Building, the security person at the bottom said, are you sure you've got the right building? And I said, yeah, 360 North Michigan Avenue. I'm sure we're in the right building check the list. And say, well, yeah, we're like 19 years old. So he says, yeah, oh God, you're on the list. Okay, fine. He goes, go up to the fourth floor. Well, at the time, I can't remember the exact floors, but at the time, WLS was on one floor. Jam Productions was on another floor. I remember Jam Productions. Yeah, big time. They, they did all the big concert mm-hmm. stuff, sort of like mm-hmm. Don K does mm-hmm. now. And then there was Paul Harvey News. Oh, wow. So we get in the elevator and we go up to a certain floor, doors open, and in walks Paul Harvey. <gasps> And so we literally have 60 seconds with him to the next floor because he's going from ABC WLS up to his floor. He goes, what are you guys doing here? Hey, we're coming in. We're seeing WLS. We're you know, going over to WMAQ and we're just, you know, we're in this radio station in Freeport. We want to see how it's done, done in the yeah. in the big city. So he goes, oh, that's great. I'm really glad you're taking that initiative. That's, that's really, really good. So the doors open. He held the door open. He goes, can I give you some advice? And I said, Sure. He goes, whatever they tell you, doesn't matter. Whatever they tell you, do not give up. Wow. And then he let the door go and he stepped out into the hall and he goes, good day. I'm just going to say, was that the end? Oh, wow. So those kind of things you just can't forecast and you just can't have them result any better than those little impromptu Times. That is so cool. Yeah. I, there was another meeting that we did when we were talking about backstage people. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the nicest people I ever met backstage was Ronnie Millsap. 
country artist did one disco song <laughs> and it was I, I still have the album it's it's i think it's called high heels i should play it for you oh my god yeah from okay. ronnie Millsap. ronnie Millsap. um he is blind and he was doing his sound test and of course he needs to get an idea of where the piano is and how many steps it is to the edge of the stage and it takes a little bit longer than what a normal sound check would be mm-hmm. so here we are at the end of his sound check and the beginning of sort of a hors d'oeuvre, meet and eat type thing, you know, yeah, right, before right. the concert. And he comes back and you could smell him way down the hall. He because wore of cologne. He wore a lot of cologne. Oh wow! Okay. And they had really nice big hors d'oeuvres and you know they had a buffet and everything there for us and the listeners that we had and stuff. He shook my hand and he put his left hand on my shoulder. You know, which is not uncommon, you know, for a lot of people to do that. But he left it there. Hmm. And he said, do you mind? First of all, let me ask a question. How tall are you and how tall is he? He was probably 5'11 and I'm 6'2". Okay. So, so he had to comparable. Kind of reach up a little bit. Yeah, okay. yeah not much Not though. much, but okay. Yeah. Okay. And he says, do you mind? Well, I didn't know what he was talking about. Okay. And I said, no, I don't mind. And he took that left hand and felt my hair and my face and whether I had facial hair and whether I had glasses ah. because that's the way he That's how he knew. figures out who you are. Yeah. And then he used me sort of as the guinea pig with the other people that are with us. And he did the same thing with the girls because right. he understood what the deal was. Right. And um, he asked Debbie, one of the girls, he says, uh, what color is it? You know, because what color is your hair? It was just, I don't know, there was that so personable and so raw and intimate yes you know but it's but for him it's natural it's just like our eyes his hands are his eyes that's cool yeah yeah one of the nicest guys i ever met you've had some really cool experiences i have is there anything that stood out big time that we haven't talked about already and then i have one more question for you that's going to be a good one but uh (laughs) go ahead boy you know how to promote it don't you i do (laughs) And that'll come up in, right after this break. So, ha, ha, ha. so when, you, when you're talking about people that you've worked for and people that you've met, it comes from, you know, like left field and you just can't forecast it. Yeah. You just have no clue. And when you get the person that is in the room, that is a person you don't want to work with the most, and then you standing right next to him is the person that you absolutely want to work with the most... You better not be answering the question that I'm going to ask you Uh-oh. already. Oh, God, is that possible? And the, probably. Because we know each we other. Because we fit too well. My question is, living or dead? Not that one. Okay. Oh, God, you scared the crap out of me right there. Did you ever know Steve Brill? Not my favorite person. He was a program director. And there is Steve Summers. So you got two Steve. I know Steve right. Summers. So, so what I did on the AM, Steve Summers did on the FM. So okay. we had uh, our second year of interns come in. Mm-hmm. And there was three of them, I think, if I remember right. And I mm-hmm. think there was three the year before. And we're still in contact with a lot of those interns this many years later, which is sort of cool. Okay. But Steve Bro would always sort of take the negative side to whatever Steve Summers and I wanted to do. Okay, we're so gonna... he was devil's advocate. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. Was he playing? Jackass more. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> devil's advocate. Again, you bring the devil in and the devil yeah. really had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Well, I was so, just thinking the opposite. I gotcha. So I understand. Steve does afternoons. I do middays. Okay. So I go on the air and he takes the interns. And then, of course, when I get off the air and he goes on the air, then I have the interns okay. for whatever we needed to do. Gotcha. All right. So all of a sudden, here comes Steve Brill into the AM studio while I'm on the air. And he's 
pissed off. He's, where the hell are they? I go, what, what are you talking about? While you're on the air? Yes. So Mike's open? No. Oh, no, okay, okay. No, he's not a Dave Salisbury. Okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? He goes, where in the fuck are all those goddamn interns? I said, I, I don't know. Steve Summers has them while I'm on the air, and I have them while he's on the air. I don't know. He storms out. Like it mattered, yeah. right? Steve okay. Summers is not going to take the interns and, you know, tear up the dam or anything. He walks back in and he goes, I found out where they are. I go, okay, okay, where are they? They're on the golf course. Again, I say, okay, you know, that's Steve Summers' responsibility. He must have a really good reason. So Steve gets back with the interns and I tell them, I go, God, I got my ass reamed out for Burrell because he just had to have somebody to yell at about you guys being gone and he didn't know where you were and then he found out you were on the golf course. What are they doing on the golf course? Setting up something, weren't they? No. Oh. They just went to go play. Oh, funny. <laughs> Steve Summers looked at me and he goes, I'm really sorry. He goes, we were just playing. Oh, funny. I, w- I was figuring maybe, you know, no. midnight golf or no. whatever, you know, no. setting things up for that. No, that's probably <gasps> what he told Brill. Oh. But yeah, it wasn't the pro-am. It wasn't any of that kind of stuff. Oh, hey, which reminds <laughs> me, you said interns. I know you've got a wonderful story about a specific intern. Do I really? Yes, you do. Tell me all about her. You know, uh, when they called us up and they had all the interns around the uh, snack table or the, the cafeteria Cap- table. Okay. In the break room. Yes. You know, they're introducing Steve Summers and I to our new interns for the season. And these interns come I, from where? I mean, Sandy came from University of Illinois. Oh, so but they're I mean, all college. Yeah. Col- okay, oh, college yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. They're all college age. Yeah. And Sandy and I locked eyes, and I didn't introduce myself or anything. We hadn't done anything. It was just sort of a group thing, and I just knew at that time. I don't know. It was maybe eight years later that we uh, married, and we've been married for 32 years. And it is so nice to have somebody that knows the radio industry. And when I say something, she gets it. Or when I bring up a person, she knows the person. In fact, when they had the what I call the Lisa Fielding reunion, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. after the 90th, mm-hmm. uh, but it was at Stone Eagle, and mm-hmm. she just decided to get just everybody, yeah, mm-hmm. just get everybody back together again. I had to go to Denver that weekend to an accept an award. Mm. I tried to get out of it, but they didn't want to tell me that I was getting an award. They just said, "You have to be there." Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Well, Sandy went anyway, and she mm-hmm. knows all these people like yeah. Ted Schultz yeah. and Tim Johnson. See, and I remember and her being there. Joe Soto and Don Kay was mm-hmm. there too. And, you know, for her being on the radio station payroll for a blip, I mean, she was an intern, but then she was hired by Rick Carner in the continuity department to write commercials. Oh, well, that I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. But still, in the yeah. overall big right. thing, a small period small of time. time. Yeah. They are still just so cordial and so conversational, and it's just, it's really, really good to watch. So, anyway. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's when dating interns was not fashionable mm-hmm. or illegal mm-hmm. or in the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the, if you'll listen to Steve Summers' interview, that was one of the first things I said to him I don't date coworkers. <laughs> Very first. And he was like, uh, okay, wasn't okay. thinking about that. Okay. But, yeah, I'm, but I'm, that was. That was in my brain I was after an incident that I'd had in Memphis prior. I so I was like, mm, got to get this straight out of the bucket. But it was a, it. it's a great story from Steve. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. he puts it on. To me, I, you know, I, I now I understand his side of it. I never I understood his 
<laughs> I know he picked you up in a fancy car and gave you a carnation or a rose or something. I'm like, so, hey, I'm just go. I'm just being nice to this new employee. I'm getting us off on the right foot. And she yeah. goes, hey, by the way, I don't I don't oh, date I don't wow. date coworkers. Okay. All right. <laughs> Forget I mentioned anything. I know, right? Hey, you know, when you were talking about other people, uh-huh. remember when Bill Shannon was in here? And Bill is sort of the rain man of radio. He remembers the statistical order of everything. Yeah. And he said he could remember the first song that he played on the radio. Do you remember your first song? I remember the first song I played when we started the radio station at Auburn High School. Oh, okay. I okay. do remember that but I don't remember the first one like at LUV or at FRL or any of those places. But that song was Maggie Mae by Rod Stewart. Oh, fun. And the first one that I played on WROK was Tears of a Clown, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Oh, fun. I don't know how that popped into my head after we talked to Bill, but... But it sure did. Yeah, some of those things do come back at you. It sure did. Well, I have one more question, unless you have some other things that you'd like to say. I always have things to I say. Know. Okay, so my final question for <laughs> There's you. There's so many people that have come in here. By the way, we've had yes. 19 people in here in a very short amount of time. And how many people have they either said to you or me, "Well, no, we're not we're not done. I have I have more to talk about." Then uh, you can come back. That's what we say. <laughs> then you can come back. No problem. There was probably half of them that would say that. That's fine. Yeah. That's it fine. is fine. So, okay, we've got oh Okay, I have two more questions. Okay. I mean, I could go on with questions for you all the time because it's okay. Do I, you have Do you have to be anywhere? I always have to be somewhere. No, no, I mean, no. You know what I mean uh, when I say do you have to be somewhere? You know what I mean. No. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Because I I milk the time for when I can. I know. All right. So before I do one, my last question. Oh God, it's really going to be your last. Oh, no, this isn't going to be my last question. Okay. Well, all right. Right. Uh, okay, like I said, I got two All questions. Right. Okay, um, and I'm kind of taking this from the podcast that you and I did when we were on the Belvedere Oasis. Oh, yeah. When I name a state. That was fun. And kind of, we just kind of went back and forth on that. That was fun. Because um, I got that list of people that we were talking about that were here, and then some that I know that I don't know if, I mean, I didn't work with some of the people that you did, and you worked with some of the people that I didn't. So if you don't know these names, that's okay. okay. But I want you to give me one or two words about how you feel about them or how to describe them or whatever. When I, when I say the word, the name, you just say a word. Okay, like a quick word association type thing. Kind, yeah, kind okay. of like that. Or I'm, what does this shape remind you of? Yeah. Like that. Okay. We haven't, we've never done this before, so this is going to be kind of fun. All right, this ought to be interesting. Okay, so Fred Spear. Dedicated. Um, Mark Larson. Inspired. Okay. Jan Thorpe. Organized. Bob Pressman. Sports Almanac. Doug McDuff. Smartass. <laughs> uh-huh. Spiff Carner. Incredibly creative. Very good. Because he's a head honcho, Vern Nolte. Visionary. That's an easy Ooh, one. Oh, no, that was a big one. Yeah. That was a big That's one. That's an easy one. You've mentioned him because he's so fun. Jack Lambiot. He's an engineer. He's the ultimate MacGyver. He's MacGyver? The, yeah, he's the ultimate engineer. He could make things happen. Okay, you mentioned Kelly. Now, I don't remember her last name. Kelly Ryan. Kelly Con- Ryan. Contagious laugh. Oh, yeah, that's a laugh girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ken DeCoster. Solid newsman. And still is. He works for the Rockford Register Star. Man, when he came in here, he was prepared, wasn't he? Was. He? he really that was. That was hilarious. Organized. <laughs> Riley O'Neill. Uh, a walking encyclopedia. He has more in his head and can go find it than I think anybody else I know. 
besides Bob Pressman, Bob, but Bob Pressman is sports oriented. Okay. Riley is anything. Yeah, true. Doesn't matter. You That's know what? True. What size shoes do elephants wear? And, <laughs> You know, Riley would Riley huge. would know. Yeah, huge. There you go. Gigantic. That's yeah, that's a quick answer. John Stranded. Sarcastic. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Okay. Ron Galina. Ron Galina. He was paid to do the job, and he did the job as sales manager. Huh. Dean Irvin. High grade bullshitter. <laughs> I mean, he's top shelf, man. He will. He will shit you until there's no more left. Oh, my God. That's funny. To this funny. day, he does that. That's funny. Bill Shannon. Like I said before, he's sort of the rain man of radio. Okay. He knows things chronologically. And I know things, but I don't know the order of them. Right. That's right, what Bill right. Shannon is. Okay. Lisa Dent. Lisa Dent is very down to earth. Mm, okay. Lisa Dent one. is very down to earth. What you see is exactly what, what you, you get. get. Yep. Okay, so now you just met these people, but, well, you know, you work with Joe, didn't you? Yes. Okay, Joe Soto. Yeah, Joe Soto is Fred Winston. <laughs> Jim Mulvaney? Jim Mulvaney, I never knew beforehand. Okay. I met him for the first time, and Jim is um, pleasingly funny. Yes. Uh, to look at him, you wouldn't think that he would come up with those things, but he is very funny, I especially when we went to dinner. Yeah, love him to death. Lisa Fielding? Pretty professional. And I mean that in both sense of the words. She is professional and she is pretty. What was the other name? Bobby Soder. Soder. Bobby Bobby B. Soder. Bobby B. Soder. Mm -hmm. He thinks he's from Mars. (laughs) I don't don't know how else to sum it up. I really don't. I don't know how else to sum it up. Oh, my God. He once told me in, he once came in and told me, he says, if I lost all of my teeth tomorrow, I could survive on noodles for the rest of my life. Get out of here. Serious? (laughs) I'm going... Well, that's a nice little tidbit to have, Bobby. Thank you. I'll be in in touch with your dentist. Yeah, right. Okay, so what about John Nolte? Did you ever work with John? Vice president in charge of parties. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that is true. Yes. So John was here when you were here? Absolutely. Okay. If he wasn't the executor of Wine Sucks, he certainly invented it. Because I'll tell you, when we did a promotion... And it had a gathering or a caterer or liquor or something involved where, you know, you've got people doing it. You hand it over to John and usually Jan Thorpe. You would never look back. All you'd have to do is say, here's the date, here's the location, and you never look back. You take care of your other stuff. He's awesome. Linda Sisler. Well, Linda Johnson. Yeah, she's the keeper of the secrets. Doug McDuff and I have this thing back and forth. That when we don't know something, you ask we'll, Linda. No, no, oh. we'll go. Linda knows, but she won't tell you oh. because she was there for fifty years, so she knows everything. Yeah. I mean, she knew everything back then when we were there, and she really knows it now. Linda, we're gonna get you in so you can spill the secrets. Okay, I just FYI. I don't know. You might, you might <laughs> have to might bring not. an awful big crowbar for that one. Chuck Doyle. Chuck Doyle. He's my cheerleader. He really is. He's my oldest radio friend. Him and I worked together when we were 16 years old at WLUV. When you and I went back into WLUV after Joe Salvi died in mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. Uh, and started doing the live shows after they renovated the building, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck would, I don't know if it's consciously or subconsciously, would call me every Wednesday morning. And I would do a show from 1 until 3. He would just, hey, what's going on? Or, hey, what bits do you got lined up for this afternoon? And he would sort of boost me and charge me 
And by the time I got to the radio station, I was ready to go. And then usually you pranced in. <laughs> and of course, that was a whole nother level of charge. I can still remember you coming in and you were sort of, you know how your your head bobs across the window in front of the booth at LUV? Oh yeah, okay. And you open, you flew open the door. It was a summer and it was the first time we had nice weather. Yes, It was yes, just yes. nasty and rainy and all of a sudden it was like up to 78. So you had this summer dress <laughs> and here you were, you were just floating in the transmitter room because you were so happy about the weather. It was so cool. I know. Those I are the memories it. I have from the radio station. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Um, Spiff Carner. Uh, I think we already covered him, but we he's incre- incredibly okay. creative. See, and he's a wonderful uh, photographer right now. He lives down in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. The shots he takes is just unbelievable. I can't remember Pete's last name, but Pete was the maintenance guy. And Pete Nuccio. Nuccio. Pete yeah, Nuccio. Yes, Pete yes, Nuccio. Yes, yes, yes. He was Gossip Central. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you said something to Pete back in continuity... There is no way that 30 minutes passed before the people at the front office knew the exact same story. Oh, my God. There is no way. How funny is that? Steve Summers. Great colleague. Mm -hmm. He was really, really fun to work side by side with. And did you ever work with or know Jeff Wicker? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's a very sharing person. Oh, yeah. And a very caring person. Jeff Wicker walked into my studio one time, and again, I wonder why somebody from the FM is coming into the AM studio in middays. You know, usually there's just yeah, yeah, there's no reason. He walks in, he goes, "I got to tell somebody," and I'm going, "Oh God, here we go." (laughs) He goes, "A panty liner saved my show this morning." I go, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, we were hiking over the weekend, and I got this really bad blister at the tail end of my, you know, like my Achilles heel, and." He goes, I ended up putting a panty liner with the adhesive on the inside of my shoe. He goes, because I was not looking forward to doing my show. And it saved my show. I had no problem oh doing my, my show. God. And I go, oh, okay, Kay, Jeff. thanks for sharing, uh, okay. Jeff. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, but, oh you know, God. years later, I mean, come on. I used that several yep. times when we were in the Boy Scouts and had to hike yep. all day long. Dave Salisbury. Dave Salisbury. He could work any crowd. He was the ultimate salesman. Okay. Any more? Um, yep. Um, and I don't know if you have worked with him or not because he's, I'm trying to go through the people in my list. Jerry Jensen. Did you work with Jerry? He was overnights. I did not work with him. And I think I may have met him once. Okay. Maybe. But there was a real big gap in between him and I. Okay. What about Rick McLaughlin? Oh, I love Rick you, McLaughlin. You worked with yeah. him? Yeah. Rick was very intelligent, and he would also be a really good Ed McMahon. So if you would set it up, he could be your straight guy, and he was so much fun. I remember they used to have Christmas parties at Rick and Rena's place, and they had Springer Spaniel dogs that were clearly overfed, and they joked about it, you know, because the poor thing would waddle to the door and (laughs) greet you, and then go down and lay down. And then oh. wait for the doorbell to ring again and waddle, waddle to the in. door for the that next person. That was the person. exercise, yeah. yeah. Well, what they did for their Christmas parties is you needed to bring a Christmas ornament, and that's how they decorated their tree. Oh, how yeah. cool. So do you remember when um, Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill 
Do you remember the whole? I kind of remember that. Okay. Yeah. There was a, a, you know, a big lawsuit and, you know, whether he's going to be on the Supreme mm-hmm. Court and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, sexual harassment mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, oh so I go, what am I going to take? For, for a, uh, uh, an ornament. Because you don't really want to do a store-bought. You know, that's yeah, boring. True, true, I mean, true. if you're going to buy a store-bought, you buy a ball and then you decorate it somehow. Right, okay. Right. So I ended up getting a Coke can because this was part of the evidence in the trial. <laughs> do you remember this? <laughs> do you remember this? I ended up getting a Coke can and emptying it. And I took steel wool and glued it to the top of that Coke can because Anita Hill had accused Clarence Thomas of putting pubic hair on a Coke can and leaving it on her desk. You are not right. You are not right. So I said... You are not right. So I gave that to them, and of course they're looking, okay, aren't you a Pepsi guy? And I go, yeah, yeah, but keep going, keep going. And, oh God, it was so stinking funny. But... It had to be explained. <laughs> yeah, like that, just now. It did. Oh, my God. Who else God. you got on the list in your well, head? Did, we, did I already say Mark Larson? Can't yes, you I did. did. Okay, I can't remember. Um, Inspirational. Dan Willis. Oh, my God. Dan. Dan, Dan Willis. Willis. Holy cow. Dan Give, just a was, word. In, word. was insanely agreeable. What do you mean by that? He was just agreeable with whatever you wanted him to do, or if there was a caller on the air. He was just insanely agreeable. It's like, well, huh. oh, sort of that devil's advocate thing. It's like, Dan, are you never a devil's advocate? No, yeah. never. Okay, never. No. He's always agreeable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me think of who else might. Okay, so I'm thinking salespeople. Did you work with or know Ted Schultz by chance? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, I think of Ted with cheers. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't matter how many drinks you had during the wine suck. Yeah. You know, it could be three, four, five hours into it, and it's like, cheers! Oh, funny. <laughs> what about Tim Skolton? Did you ever work with Tim him? Tim Skolton is a very pleasant guy, but I don't believe we crossed paths when he was in the FM sales. Oh, okay. I don't believe so. Okay. I didn't know if you did or not. Yeah. Um, but I, I like him. We, we've had lunch with him, and he's he's just a really he's nice awesome. guy. Yeah. Phil Davidson. Phil Davidson, very focused. Good God. Oh, good oh, job. Oh, man. When he came in for doing production... Mm-hmm. It was get in, get out, do it in one cut, be done with it. And when he was on the warpath for a client, whether it be a remote or to get the sale, very focused. Oh, wow. Still is. Roger Peters. High energy. Oh, my God. Roger has got stories like nobody's business, and they are all told at level 20. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We mentioned we mentioned Ron Galena. What about Rowanna Galena? Rowanna and I... Did not have very many interactions because she was the FM sales manager Uh uh, during my time there. But I'll tell you, again, during the pandemic, I can't remember why, why I called her. But I went over and she gave me some things, some archival things to copy or scan and get back to her. Mm -hmm. Well, we ended up sitting on her bench on her front porch for two and a half hours. Oh, wow. Just sharing different things. And she'll say... Do you remember so-and-so? And then she'd go off. Sort of like what we're doing here. Okay, okay. Two and a half hours with Rowanna. I never saw that one coming, but oh my God, was it great. It her. was so much fun. Audrey. Audrey's Audrey. Z- oh my God. Audrey Z. <laughs> Audrey's the sweetest person in the world. She was hired in the uh, back room in between Continuity and the WZOK studio 
to run the computers. Mm -hmm. You remember when Ken DeCoster was saying that Audrey taught him how to run a word processor Uh uh when they took away all their typewriters. Right, right, right. Audrey never really said too much. She, she was sure always there. Went, went through the building. And impeccably dressed. She was yes. always oh, impeccably dressed. Oh, my God. That's yeah, and remember. she had fair faucet hair, mm-hmm. you know, always had the big hair, because that was the time. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think that Audrey is the high school janitor of our radio station. High school janitors are always sort of nobody pays attention. They're sort of out of sight, out of mind, but they know everything. They're just very quiet. So Audrey and Pete Nuccio. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. God forbid that she gets all of her sources from Pete Nuccio. We're in trouble. But you think about it. She was right next to the FM studio. Mm -hmm. The things that she knows, and nobody ever remembers that she's right on the other side of the glass because the blinds were always closed. And I took Kathy Hart's place. So Kathy Hart. I do remember Kathy Hart. Because I never worked. Um, I didn't know her. I remember her as being very smooth. Yeah, she was just very smooth. I did not know that. That was quite so, the list. Okay, so there, wow. here comes my final question. Uh-oh, here Out we of go. all the people that you've worked with, living or dead, and I gave you a big list too, mm-hmm. living or dead, who would you want to work with again? Like for one show? Or just, Whenever. Really? Johnny Marks. Johnny Marks. Yeah. Okay. Man, Johnny and I did a lot of promotions together. We had so much fun on the air. I am really, really glad that I've got a lot of those recorded and digitized because lots of times either he was relieving me or I was relieving him. And, you know, either I would come early or he would stay late and Uh we would just fart around and just talk. And, you know, we're the same age, went Mm -hmm. to the same college, and we just had the same interest. I would love to have him in here for the storytellers and throw in some music just to make it sound like it's radio again. Oh, you know what? We might have to make that happen. <laughs> we could make it happen. We, we have the equipment, could. don't we? I know it, exactly. We exactly. do have the equipment. Exactly. Wow. Well, Tim, I have to tell you, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank and you. And I have learned things from him that I thought I knew everything about him, <laughs> but no. We are also finding that out on our Life's 3x5s podcast that we learn something literally every episode because we go off in 40 different directions, and that's why we keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, that's why we keep doing it. But you know, this you is know, Storyteller Studio. I, I understand that. Okay. Yes, I understand that. But you know, there's one person you did not mention on that list was you. Oh, of course not, because I'm interviewing you. So do you want me to talk to you in the third person? Oh, God. Because, you know, you're going to think I'm going to say this because you're sitting across the table from me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. That's why I didn't say me. Ah. (laughs) 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 You're in a pickle. (laughs) I know. I know. God, where do I go here? We should just say bye-bye No, no. Okay, okay. You really want to say Okay. You're too... Liz Wilder. You are too... Like, you don't think that these good (gasps) things apply to you. What is that word? I have no idea. I don't oh, know. We ran Unassuming? Because in... no. I assume a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do assume a lot. But, you know, we ran into each other before all the wheels fell off with the pandemic. Yeah. And we ran into each other at the Beloit International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And it was a reception that I did not want to go to because I didn't think I'd know anybody up in Beloit. But a friend of ours said, hey, we can't go. We've got these free tickets. Please, please, please. I don't want the tickets to go to waste. Okay, fine. And it was so a we blast. Went yes. And I love film, you know, so, okay, fine. So who did I see but Liz Wilder? Hadn't seen Liz for 14 years. Let's go by that. Okay. That's how long the Eagles were broken up. That's the only oh, you're so funny. reason I'm Well, and that. I know that you did, you did the uh, tags for our wedding. That was in 2000. 
So, okay. So we've yeah. known each other for 30 years, but yeah. I probably hadn't seen you in 20. So you know how it is when you're at a reception and people get all excited and they're all liquored up and they go, oh, we need to get together. Oh God, this is so fun. We need to do this again. And then nothing happens, right? Uh It's happened to you a hundred times. I have to tell you that you are one of the 1% of it actually happens. We got on the phone with each other and we said, we are not going to let this just let go. This is way before LUV. Mm-hmm. This is way before the book. This is mm-hmm. way before movie. You know, executive producers on mm-hmm. movies. Now there are two movies. Mm-hmm. This is way before any of this. But all of that happened because after that reception, we took pictures and had so much fun with Lori <laughs> and Stephanie and everybody. God, we had so much fun. But then we took it one step further from there. And now look what we're doing with the podcast and the Storyteller Studio. Mm -hmm. And if you could back that up, because that was February of 2020. And if we were all Vern Nolte's visionaries and say, well, you know, if you call her or if she calls you after this reception, this is what's going to happen. No, we could never, ever. You couldn't have scripted this. No, could have never forecasted it. Because nobody's going to put them in a carousel and put them on a screen. No, I just have a whole big under-the-bed box filled with <laughs> pictures that I have no idea what they are. You know, none. I, I, I think you've got an under-the-bed story that we should <laughs> hear about. <laughs> now, I don't know that that's when uh, you did radio in Buffalo. Oh, I got all kinds of stuff. Oh, it's man. all shoved in that box under the bed. <laughs> That, that, that'll be a two-winter two project. Well. Or three. I, I, or I, would five. Have, I would have to crack that box and see. <laughs> I really would. I really, man. Now, curiosity alone is going to kill you on this one. Wow. Oh. Let's do Paul McCartney and Wings and Band on the Run while we regroup on WLUV. Stuck inside these And I'm just looking at our screen, and Tim, do you know we've talked almost two hours? Really? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being part of this, and thank you for being with me as we put this together. This is the Storyteller Studio, where we are celebrating WROK's 100th anniversary by trying to get together with people who worked there Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form for some any length of time Mm -hmm. at all and share stories. I'm Liz Wilder, and our guest has been Tim Larson. That sounds weird, that doesn't note, it? It does. My guest has been Tim Larson. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Bye. See you soon. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller's Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting. 